the rules of SEO. So rule one, if you can automate it, it's probably spam. Google and most of the search engines believe in a human-generated internet. So any content, link, or page generated by a machine alone is likely to be classed as spam at some point in the future. This also includes downloading content from another site or provider and regurgitating it on your own websites. The days of cheap affiliate sites that you could reproduce a manufacturer or supplier content, but with generally better SEO, are truly dead. Rule two. If you're doing it because it's good for SEO or good for Google, but not good for the user, it's probably spam. Anything done on a website purely to help it position better and that has zero benefit for the end user is probably a spam tactic. Whatever you do to your website, whether you do it under the banner of SEO or not, should be done to improve the experience for the user. Google wants to deliver its customers to websites that give them a great experience. If that's you, they will position you better. Rule three, if you are paying an unknown third party for something, yeah, it's probably spam. Anything that promises links, clicks, or traffic from undefined sources in exchange for money is either a straight out con or more spam. Unless we're talking about a clearly paid for advertisement. Google does not have a problem with you buying advertising from them or from anyone else, but they don't like to see links, social media updates, or blog posts that are made to look organic, but they've really been bought and paid for. Rule four, if someone tells you it will trick or trap Google, it's probably spam. No matter who it is you're talking to, if they tell you they figured out something Google doesn't know about its own algorithm, they're probably wrong, or at least soon will be. The problem with any SEO trick is that Google gets to hear about them pretty quickly. Any technique that works is invariably engineered out of the algorithm in very short order. At best, the benefits are real but transitory. At worst, those real benefits become real penalties if Google think you've been trying to abuse the system. Rule five, if someone told you about it in a spam email, it's probably spam. The snake oil salesmen of yesterday still exist today, and they're still shilling their wares via email, social media, and good old-fashioned cold calling. If a company is resorting to spam email to get your attention, how good do you think their SEO is really going to be? Shouldn't they be living handsomely off the customers who find their website organically? Just hit delete and move on. Now, before we continue, and on the topic of snake oil salesmen, we're going to make a quick note here for you about the two kinds of SEO you might hear talked about on the web, white hat and black hat. Now, they're nicknamed this way because in a Western, the good guys normally wear white hats and the bad guy wears a black hat. It's the same with SEO, the white hat guys are trying to be good and play by the rules, whilst the black hat guys are out there trying to break the rules. Now, by now, I hope I've already warned you off that sort of tools and tactics that are ultimately only going to damage your website. But as one final warning, don't be fooled by self-proclaimed black hat SEO providers. In, in recent years, offering black hat SEO has become something that some providers specialize in. They want you to believe that their black hat techniques are going to go undetected by Google, that they're selling you something better than a normal SEO provider. The truth is it's extremely unlikely that any black hat tactic is going to have a long shelf life. The search engines are watching these guys constantly and in the rare occasions that they do achieve something spectacular, Google in particular would be known to dish out penalties manually to websites that it believes are breaking the rules. It's a business and it's a closed system. So whilst 
Google are under increasing scrutiny from government bodies. There's no law that they have to rank your site, and they don't have to include it in their index. Their business is predicated on giving the users the right answer, not the answer that you want them to give. Sadly, black hack tactics can not only be used by people on their own websites, but on other people's. So there's a burgeoning area of endeavor for black SEOs is negative SEO. Now, negative SEO uses known black hack tactics, which carry known penalties on a target website to try and attract a penalty from Google. Now, for example, if you're getting roundly trounced on Google's front page by your competitor around the corner, you might be tempted to hire a black hat to go off and do some of the things I'm advising you against doing. Instead of doing them to your website, they do them to your competitor. They don't need to hack the competitor's website to do this, although you will find that service offered on some darker corners of the internet as well, as most negative SEO tends to be off-site. It's concerned with activities such as creating lots of spam links to a website that Google will perceive as being spam and therefore, potentially at least, issue a penalty for. Now, Google claimed that negative SEO is impossible, but there are a growing number of case studies that show examples of it. I've seen it myself, and whilst you may be able to debate how much real impact it can have, there's no doubt that it is going on. <sighs> this is all getting confusing. Can I really do my SEO? My SEO? Oh, I don't know. White hats, black hats, penguins, pandas, web spam. It, it can all sound a bit daunting. All right. One of the things I'm most often asked by clients and colleagues is, how do you stay on top of all of this? And then the truth is that it takes a lot of time reading, experimenting, testing, and then reading some more to sort the wheat from the chaff. SEO best practice changes frequently, and there is always something new to learn. What was true today may not be true tomorrow, but in this day and age, you can say that about a lot of things. And even in SEO, there are certain evergreen truths that do seem unshakable. Don't spam. Don't cheat. Build a good website. In short, you don't have to be a chef to make a good meal. You don't have to be a plumber to stop your sink leaking. And you don't have to be an SEO consultant to take control of your website and improve things. DIY SEO is about understanding the fundamental evergreen aspects of SEO that will pay dividends when applied properly. If after that you still want to hire an SEO consultant, that's great. Every penny you spend with them should be going on something really worthwhile and not into fixing basic things that should never have been wrong in the first place. Now, look, I'm really busy. I don't want to do my own SEO. Or, in the words of Homer Simpson, can't someone else do it? There's nothing wrong with using an SEO agency, hiring an SEO specialist and having someone else do all the legwork. SEO is hard. It takes graft. And you may not think you have the time. That's fine. But I don't think you want to risk giving someone else inside or outside your business control of something so fundamental without having an understanding of it. If you've ever sat in a meeting and not understood a word of what that person responsible for your website is saying, if you've ever thought, well, that doesn't sound right, but not known what questions to ask, if you've ever stared at a graph or report and realized that you don't know if it meant things were getting better or worse, if you've ever had that nagging dread that you were handing money over to someone and not getting a return for it, this is the book and the podcast series for you. Francis Bacon was right when he said knowledge is power. You don't have to be doing day-to-day -day SEO work to understand how it works, what doesn't work, what should be happening, and how to measure it. So no matter what business I might find myself in, I would be damned if I didn't make sure I understood that part of the business. I'd be damned if I didn't understand every part. A long time ago, I worked in retail, and before you could run a store, you had to work in every single department. You had to know how every part of the business worked. Looking back, it was a really sensible thing for them to do. Make no mistake, you need to know this stuff. 
even if you don't do this stuff. And that is the preamble over. If you're still ready, let's go on to the next chapter.